Welcome to the Do Life and a Body You Love podcast. I'm Nikki O'Day, and we are going to talk about any and every topic that will get you showing up bigger and bolder in your life. Weight loss, relationships, mindset, it's all on the table. It may not come out real PC, but if you're sick of motivational rah-rah talks that don't lead to any real change in your life, then you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. What up, do life in a body you love chicks? We are going to chat about hormones today. And no, it's not going to get crazy in depth. What I want to do is give you six very simple, practical tips that you can take to start balancing things out if you feel like your hormones are a little bit out of whack. And don't we blame everything on our hormones, right? And sometimes they are the culprit. Sometimes they're not. But here's the deal if you have something going on where you suspect that your hormones are out of whack, I of course am going to recommend that you go see a doctor, go see a naturopath, go see somebody who can help you with that. I mean, if things are really far out of whack, you may need hormone replacement type things, right? So if your thyroid is really low, you need thyroid medicine. If you're going through menopause, you may need some bioidenticals. Like there, there's no harm in having things looked at, right? And just seeing, do we need medical intervention? And if so, that is number one, hands down, right? Sometimes though, we can go to the doctor and we can have, you know, traditional hormone panel looked at, and it doesn't really show anything, but we're like, we still have these symptoms that seem hormonal. Like all of a sudden you have adult acne, Um, maybe your periods are crazy. You're not getting them frequently or you're getting them too frequently, or they're extremely heavy, painful. Your mood is like more than the normal slight irritation that we sometimes get with PMS. Right. I mean, there can be all kinds of things going on. You've got um, some abdominal fat where you didn't used to put it in your belly, but now you do, that can be an indicator that your stress hormones are wacky or that you're going through something with your progesterone and estrogen and things like that. And so if you are suspicious of that, now I will say, um, different doctors will do different types of types of testing, right? So if something doesn't show up on a traditional panel, maybe you need something that's a little bit more in depth, like a Dutch test or whatever, but I'm not here to talk about all of that because that is not my area of expertise and none of this is medical advice. Okay. I'm just going to give you some tips that you can start to implement now at home that are good for your health, regardless of if it's your hormones or not, but these things can definitely help if your hormones are out of whack. And so let's jump into these things. Um, Number one is to increase your protein and start building muscle. So what in the world does that have to do with your hormones? Well, as it turns out quite a bit, it has quite a bit to do with our hormones. So our muscle mass naturally starts to decline people say usually around like 30 years of age. I've even heard some people saying like in your mid twenties that your muscle mass starts to slowly go away. Right. Well, as women approach menopause, that becomes accelerated. And not only does not having good muscle mass on your body 
equal, essentially having a slower metabolism. So we don't want that. Right. Um, so we want that muscle to build up our metabolism, but there's some other things going on there as well. They're starting to see that how much muscle we have on our body actually affects our endocrine system. So our hormones, right. And just for us women, side note, you want to have muscle mass on your body as a longevity tool. So muscle and bone density tend to go together. So let's just throw that out there. So yes, we want our hormones in balance and building the muscle is going to help with balancing your hormones, which is today's topic, right? But it's going to do these other things too. So I can't not tell you about that. So the best thing you can do for your bones is resistance training. Hands down, it is the best. Well, how do you also build muscle? Resistance training. What do we know to be true about staying out of the nursing home as we age, being able to walk? on your own, being able to sit down on the toilet and get back up all of these things that keep you a functioning adult on your own. As you age, it is your bone density and your muscle mass. Okay. So it is never too early to be thinking in those terms. Yes, I am only 40, but I already think about these things because the older that I get, the more muscle I'm going to lose, build it now, ladies guard that muscle loss, right? It's going to serve you in so, 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 so many ways. And so that means resistance training that can be body weight. If you're just getting started, that can be mini bands. It can be dumbbells. It can be cans of soup. I don't really care what it is. (laughs) As long as like you're picking things up where it's heavy enough that it's going to cause a positive effect on that bone density and that muscle, and then you're eating more protein. So women who are trying to lose weight tend to under eat protein. And we tend to eat less and less and less of it, the older we get. But in fact, your body actually needs more protein. The older you get, you don't absorb it as well. You don't utilize it as well. And again, our muscle is already starting to deteriorate. And so to protect that, we need more protein and the best protein is animal sourced protein. So if you tolerate animal products, fine, you digest them. Okay. That is the best for your muscle. So getting more meat, ladies, eat your meat. This is like the best thing that you can do for your muscle mass. Okay. So getting good quality meat, moving your body doing some resistance training, start with what you can do. If you can get a personal trainer, totally go get one. If you can't, or you're not there and you don't even need that yet, do wall sits, do push-ups up against the wall. If you can't get on the floor and do them, it can literally be anything as long as you're exerting some pressure on those. Okay. So number two is exercise in general. So yes, we just talked about resistance training, um, because we're talking about building muscle, but Exercise as in walking around, anything that gets your heart rate up a little bit, it does not need to be super strenuous. This does not need to be, I'm jumping around on boxes until I puke type of working out. But when you even go for a walk, you help your hormones, you increase your body's sensitivity to insulin, which is super important if we're trying to balance out our hormones and lose weight and all of those things. And so just moving more, it can be as simple as getting in your 10,000 steps for the day, or even 8,000 steps for the day. Start 
with what you can get done. And then yes, starting to add in some things that are getting your heart rate up a little bit. That can be resistance training, but you're doing it in a way where you're getting your heart rate up, right? Or it can be something that is specifically cardio. You guys might think that I don't like cardio because I'm always like, you need to lift weights. You need to put pressure on them bones, but cardio serves a purpose too. What I don't want to see women do is so much cardio that they're not doing any strength training and so much cardio that they're putting themselves into these ginormous calorie deficits all to try to lose weight, then we're kind of swinging the pendulum too far, right? When now we're stressing out our body, but certainly getting some good, like zone two cardio, oh, it's magical for the way that your body handles carbohydrates and insulin and what it's doing for your hormones. So get out there and move your bodies. Number three is to make sure you're getting enough healthy fats. So if you have been trying to lose weight for any amount of time, especially if you dieted through the eighties, which was low fat, everything, right? We were spraying our, I can't believe it's not butter on everything. And we were sweating into the oldies with Richard Simmons and it was just low fat all the time, right? Well, here's the deal. Your body actually needs fat. Specifically, your hormones need fat. Your hormones are made out of fat. By the way, so is your nervous system. So is your brain. Okay. So like there's all kinds of reasons why we need fat. Now, can we get too much fat? Yes. Yes. My keto crazy women. Listen, I love me some keto. Okay. Love it. I don't love it for weight loss necessarily, but I love it as a, we'll call it as a health tool. But here's the deal. You can absolutely have too much fat. You can have too much of just about anything. And if you're eating too much fat, your body is going to store that as fat. So there's this myth out there that as long as I'm in this fat burning mode and I don't have carbohydrates, I can eat all the fat I want. False, false. No, you can't. That will stall your weight loss. However, too little amount of fat can be detrimental. So if you're in this low fat craze, if your brain is just conditioned to avoid fat, this can be hard to reprogram, right? But so on purpose, try to get some more fat. Now, if you're already having a lot of meat, then you're probably getting fat from the animal products that you're eating, but not if you're doing like everything super, super low fat, whatever. So some healthy ways to add fat. Number one, fish specifically like wild caught Alaskan salmon or some type of fish that's going to have like a lot of good fat there. All fish doesn't necessarily have a lot of fat, um, but that is a really, really healthy one for you. So get that salmon in girl. Um, Another one would be like avocados, avocado oil. Some people tolerate saturated fats just fine. And if that's you, then maybe you can do a little bit of butter or maybe you can do a little bit of um, coconut oil you know, if, if you tend to have like high triglycerides or things like that, the coconut oil might not be the best bet for you, but whatever, what's healthy for one person may not be healthy for the other. All of that to say, most people can tolerate fat just fine and need some amounts of healthy fats, right? So mix it up just like we need a variety of fruits and veggies so that we're getting different nutrients from different plants and this and that, that this, the same thing is true for our fats. So fatty foods that are healthy come with different nutrients in them that are fat soluble. And so mix it up. Maybe you use olive oil sometimes and you use a little bit of ghee or grass-fed butter at other times, whatever, just play with it, mix it up. 
get, get a variety there. Um, and then number, let's see, we did one, two, three. So number four, uh, struggle bus today, uh, avoiding sugar, like having blood sugar levels that are all over the place can kind of like wreak havoc on our hormones. And so I'm not, this does not mean go low carb. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but avoiding like the processed sugars. So cakes and candies, probably not the best carbohydrates, right? Better carbohydrates would be uh, berries and apples and sweet potatoes and things of that sort. Now, if you think that you have a little bit of insulin resistance, which can kind of start to happen as we put weight on, or as we're going through different phases of our menstrual cycle or different parts of menopause, or like all these things can start to affect the way that our body is processing carbohydrates. And so if that's you, what you can do is play with the timing of your carbohydrates, specifically putting them in and around your exercise. So going for a walk and then having your carbohydrates will help your body utilize those better or doing your resistance training and then having your carbohydrates, whatever you need to do, but making sure that you're having fibrous carbohydrates, right? So that's like fruits, veggies, instead of cakes and candy and things like that. Okay. Number five is managing your stress. So this is a heavy topic, right? We could talk about this one for a long time. I'll try to keep it brief, but essentially you guys know the drill. You've heard me and several guests talking about the effects that stress is having in our body and it's affecting all of those stress hormones and they're not bad. Okay. Stress hormones are not bad. They serve a purpose in your body. We just don't want them running all the time. That's kind of getting everything else out of whack as well. And so managing your stress can look like many different things. We can't always eliminate the stress, right? But we can help our body handle it better. First of all, everything else in this list so far is going to help your body handle stress better. The movement, cutting back on the processed sugars, all of those things, getting enough healthy fats for your hormones to function, all of those things are actually going to be helping your body handle stress better. But think about like, what can you build into your day to bring yourself down out of that state that you may find yourself in often? So again, walking, walking is a great stress reliever. If it's like a relaxing walk outside in nature. This isn't like I'm out here trying to hustle and get my heart rate up, right? It's just a chill walk. Maybe you do some slow flow, slow flow yoga. Maybe you have a breathing practice. Maybe you take a bath, especially if you have a hard time sleeping, take a bath at night with some Epsom salt, uh, which has magnesium in it. And that helps you sleep better. Like there's all these different things that we can do. Paying attention to how your body handles caffeine. Some people process caffeine fine. Some people have a very long half-life with caffeine in their body. And the older that we get, the longer the half-life of caffeine seems to be for most people, meaning you're not clearing it like you used to. So it's building up more. It's affecting your sleep more if you're having it too late, or you're just not processing it as fast. So maybe you used to be able to have a half a pot of coffee in your youth. And now you get that tired and wired feeling. If you have too much caffeine, that's stressing out your body. There's all kinds of things that we can do to start to manage our stress. There's even adaptogenic herbs. I am a big fan of these. 
Um, things like ashwagandha, rhodiola, you can Google it, adaptogenic herbs. I don't recommend that you just go running around taking random things um, from supplement companies that you don't know anything about or doses that you're not sure of. You should maybe work with a practitioner on that, but just know that those things are out there and they can help your body handle the stress. And then number six is to start to pay attention to the estrogen mimicking things that are in your environment. So I almost hate to even jump into this because I don't want to make a a following of people out there who are just like terrified of chemicals and plastics and this and that and the other, because here's the deal to a certain degree, estrogen mimicking compounds, you can't avoid them. And to a certain degree, it almost doesn't even matter because these things are found in nature also. Okay. So we get all excited about the ones that are man-made when in reality, there are plenty of plants that are good for you that also mimic estrogen. It's just to what degree, how is that mitigated? And so we don't want to just stress about removing all of these chemicals from our lives because that we know for a fact that the stress is bad. We're not really sure what all these other things do. Does that make sense? So when we wig out about trying to be like so perfect with, with what we eat and eliminating chemicals and this and that and the other, we're for sure doing damage by the stress. Okay. So that's my caveat before I even jump down this rabbit hole, but things that can mimic estrogen, if you feel like you have some, some hormonal issues going on, then maybe you want to avoid these things. So plastics are a big one. Um, yes, you can get like BPA free plastics and those might be a little bit better. The number on the bottom of the bottles can kind of indicate how good or bad the plastic is. And I don't even have all that memorized. I've read books about it a long time ago and I just basically quit caring. I just avoid plastic when I can and I don't stress about it when I can't. If you have to drink from a, a bottled water once in a while while you're out, is that going to harm you? Probably not. Me personally, I'm not going to drink out of plastic when I'm at home just because it's really easy to switch to mason jars or something that's glass right? So I'm just not going to drink bottled water at home. I'll just get filtered tap water or whatever. Any way that you can kind of try to minimize the plastic, especially if you're like warming it up in the microwave or things like that. What are some other things that mimic estrogen? Um, soy. <laughs> soy is a big one. And if you're getting like good fermented soy, like miso and stuff like that, it's probably not quite as damaging. I use soy sauce. Why? Because I like it. And I'm not getting soy in a bunch of processed food like I used to when I was eating the standard American diet. Everything that's processed has soy in it. You wouldn't think so, but turn around those labels and start reading them. Soy lecithin, it's a it's an additive. Something about texture, I think, is why it's in there. And so things that you wouldn't think would have soy in them, almost all of them do if they're processed. So all of that to say, is soy bad? No is, are we getting too much soy? Maybe I wouldn't on purpose be like drinking soy milk and eating a bunch of soy and then having all this processed food. But for me, I don't get a lot of that. So I sprinkle soy sauce on stuff because I like it. Like whatever, you got to pick and choose your battles, right? Uh, I'm trying to give you guys examples of like where you, you don't necessarily need to go overboard with things. Let's see, what are some other things? There's all kinds of like, 
pegs and all of these things that can be in like our cleaning products and blah, blah, blah. Like you guys can nerd out about that as much or as little as you want to. It depends truly like on where you're at with your health. How out of whack are your hormones? How much of a rabbit hole do you need to jump down with this stuff is truly a personal choice, right? I just do the ones where it's easy enough for me to make the lifestyle change. It's not costing me a ton of money. I'm certainly not stressing out about it, but just being aware that like there are these like estrogen disrupting things in our environment and perhaps minimizing the effects of those might not be such a bad idea. Um, But again, play with that, make your own personal decisions. So those are your six tips that are all reasonably easy to implement. They will help your hormones out. They're also going to help you in so many other ways, right? So again, when it comes to our health, when it comes to weight loss, we're just really trying to get healthy. Well, when it comes to our health, it all kind of boils down to the same things. What helps your body have muscle also helps your body manage your hormones. When we get enough rest, our hormones work more appropriately and all of these other things start to fall into place. Everything's connected right? It's all connected. So just take care of the basics of your health. And that is going to go a really long way. So how do these sit with you guys? Are you already doing some of these things? Did you already realize that these things would affect your hormones? Or are you like, what? Like, I had no idea about these. Um, Let me know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. If you start implementing any of these and you start feeling better, let me know. You guys, if there is really like some sort of disruption to your hormones going on, know that it doesn't just magically resolve with any of these things, especially if you actually need like true medical intervention, but even the parts of this, that's going to help from what you can do your own lifestyle things. It's not going to go away right away. It's not like you're going to start eating salmon a couple of times a week and start going to the gym and magically your periods are going to get better. Right. But over time you can see a big change. I struggle with some serious period issues. And I can tell you over time, this has all gotten way, 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 way better for me. And it can for you too. Okay. So don't feel like all is lost. If you have like crazy mood swings or some, you're super, super tired all the time. Something's going on where you need some medical evaluation by all means, go have it, but let's all do what we can do for our own bodies as well, right? And so I hope that these six tips are helpful and I'll catch you on next week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. It is my mission to give women back the confidence that they need to show up bigger in their lives. Right now, the world more than ever needs women who are on fire and living their purpose. If you want to join me in this mission, there's a few things you can do. One, you can share this podcast with the women in your circle. Two, you can join me in my Facebook group, Simplified Fat Loss, or you can subscribe to my newsletter at NikkiOday.com. 